Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked On Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, alongside a good friend for the first time this week. It's been a really busy week. Justin Garcia of the Bucks Radio Network. He's been busy doing the games as well for today's episode that is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Uh, but we're live. We're live right now. We're on the locker room app. People are flooding into the chat room. As we speak, Justin, and uh, uh, one little piece of housekeeping I want to get uh, out there right off the top is uh, I've been having lots of people that have been messaging me, asking me what's going on with the podcast, where's it been, those that use the Apple app. So, yeah, there's been some real problems with that. It's not just locked on podcasts. It's definitely not just locked on bucks. But for some reason, some people, it might be something to do with the update. Uh, but the podcasts haven't been coming through. So if you're in that boat and you think that uh, we have just decided not to podcast, you know that's not the case. You guys know that we podcast five days a week at least. So, yeah, go to Spotify, go to the Odyssey app, anywhere else that you can get podcasts, you'll definitely um, be able to find it. But it's a little bit strange for me because it shows up in my feed. So uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. It might be something to do with an update. But, Justin... Pretty good news for us here just in the last few minutes. I was watching Brooklyn and Dallas. Dallas, hang on. The Bucks are now tied in the loss column, half a game back overall. If they can somehow manage to beat the Houston Rockets, the bogey side, the Houston Rockets tomorrow, uh, they will move into the number two seed. Uh, I was way off one of these last few times when we talked, and I thought it was pretty clear that the Bucks were going to be locked into three. <laughs> um I mean, they control their own destiny. And, and just looking at the schedule for these these two teams, the Nets and the Bucks, it's pretty comparable where you mentioned the Bucks just have to get past the Rockets and then they're officially tied with them. But, you know, the five games the Bucks have left, it's after that. It's it's pretty similar to what Brooklyn has. And I would assume that they're both going to treat it the same way, where Brooklyn has uh, two back-to-backs in there. And the Bucks, of course, this is um, – part of a stretch where they've had three as well. So I wouldn't be shocked to see both teams finish with the same record. And assuming the Bucks win tomorrow, then that means in those final five or six games, it means that the Bucks are the two seed. So it's kind of leaning more and more towards the Bucks are going to be the two. But I, I guess where that gets interesting is, I mean, look, ideally you don't have to face Brooklyn until the conference finals, but that's been out of the window for a couple of weeks now, I think. So if you're going to have to face Brooklyn in the second round, you might as well have four home games in that best of seven series. I think even with uh, home court not being what it was in previous years in the playoffs, you'd still rather have more home games. But it's going to be even more interesting with the whole play-in thing because it's it's different this year in that I think you and I have talked about it. The Eastern Conference, the bottom of the East, it's not the – 
the layup that it was in years past. Where look, I'm not saying that the seventh seed or the sixth seed is going to win that first round series, but it's it's going to be more difficult than it was in the past. So now all of a sudden, if you're the Bucks and you're second, you add to it as well. Of I know the assistant coaches and the video coordinators are prepping on multiple teams. But you're still prepping on those teams into that week that you're not going to know who you play until Tuesday or Wednesday, depending on when the East playing game is. So that certainly adds the intrigue as well of, well, we're going to have to approach the week preparing for, you know, possibly two teams. And, and really the week before that is when you started as well. Whereas if you finish six, you know, as soon as Sunday ends, this is who we play and we can just already start the groundwork there. And it's not as though it's going to be any major advantage either because it looks like it's going to be either Boston or Miami in either of those scenarios in all likelihood. So that's going to be like, that. that's just part of the minutia that makes this whole thing where I think we've all kind of gone back and forth of, is it better to be third? Is it better to be second? And what does it mean to have the one seed? And the truth is none of us really know until the playoffs start. So Carl Wagner's in the chat. And again, if you're here, if you're in the room, you can request to speak. You can ask us a question. Definitely jump in the chat room. You guys are basically deciding what we're going to talk about on this show here. But Carl Wagner says, uh, will Houston have enough players to play tomorrow? So, uh, look, we, we try to keep this podcast to around 30 minutes. Hopefully, we don't go longer than this. But by committing to reading out the Houston injury report, uh, there is a chance that we may go over 30 minutes here. So, here we go. Uh, I'll clear my throat. And and go ahead with this. Avery Bradley, out. Personal reasons. Sterling Brown, out. Left knee soreness. Dante Axon, the great Australian, is out with a left calf strain. Eric Gordon, out. Right groin strain. David Nwaba, out. Right wrist sprain. Uh, Kevin Porter Jr., 50 points, 11 assists last week against the Bucks, out. Left ankle sprain. John Wall, out. Right hamstring strain. DJ Wilson, out. Health and safety protocols. So those are the players that are out. All right, let's go to the questionables. DJ Augustine, questionable, left ankle sprain. Kelly Olenek, questionable, right ankle soreness. Jay Sean Tate, former Sydney King, questionable, left knee contusion. Christian Wood, questionable, right ankle soreness. All right, that's the questionables. Let's go to the doubtfuls. Daniel House Jr., doubtful, right ankle sprain. All right, that's it. I've come to the end. So the point being that they've already uh, confirmed that they have, what is that? One, two, three, four, five. So it's six, nine seven, that are either eight. out or doubtful. Right. Well, there's, well, there's eight that are already out, and then there's four more that are questionable, and then there's one that's doubtful. So uh, the good news about all this is the fact that um, we need to congratulate uh, Frank Madden's daughter, Matilda, for getting her first NBA appearance with the Houston Rockets. <laughs> uh, we know uh, Frank's wife is a, is a Houston fan, so uh, who knows? But the point being, the Bucks, as I said at the top, can move into second tomorrow uh, if they win this game. And, uh, yeah, looking at who the Rockets have or, more importantly, who they don't have, it should be a game that they'll be able to handle. It'll be interesting to see what the Bucks do. Do they really just say, okay, we need to make sure nothing goes wrong here. Let's not play with our food. Let's play everyone. Hopefully, they only have to play 15 to 20 minutes and get this game. As far as the Bucks go, it's only PJ Tucker who is on the injury report. And he's actually probable with yeah. uh, neck soreness, it says. Yesterday, he was out of the game with jaw soreness. Obviously, a pretty big hit there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this is the kind of funny thing about this. And that's why that was a big loss for Brooklyn, who now go and play Denver in a couple of days here. Because both teams have pretty easy schedules with teams that maybe don't have too much incentive uh, to win here down the stretch. So you've got to take care of business. But I do think if you're going to get Brooklyn in the second round, which I still think is going to be the case, regardless of whether you finish the two or the three, then 
you know, you would like game one, game two, and potentially even more importantly, game seven at Fiserv Forum. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, and, and this is a four-game skid now for Brooklyn, which is their longest of the season. I think they only had one other three-game losing streak this year. I mean, if you're Brooklyn, I don't think any of this really matters to them. That At this point, you're putting all of your eggs in the basket of, well, once James comes back, okay. it's it's going to fix everything for us, and, and we're going to be different anyway, so who cares where we finish? Um, and yeah, I mean, if, if you're the Bucks, I think we, like we said at the top and we'd talked about before, you know, what does it really matter? But you know what? You might as well take any advantage you can. So if it means you get one and two and potentially seven at home, then by all means take that. So I don't, again, see real, any real difference in finishing two versus three for either of these teams other than that home court. And, you know, it's it's going to be, I think, best case scenario by the time the playoffs roll around 25% capacity. Um, so it, it's, it's not going to be like it's been in the past. And again, the matchups that you would potentially look at for as much as I just walk through, of, well, you wouldn't technically know until maybe Wednesday if that's when the uh, the first game is played for the Eastern Conference. Again, it's not as though you don't have video coordinators that are already prepping for that one team of you work on this team and you work on this team. So you're already going to be well into your prep work for the teams that it's just schematics and determining who I think we all assume this is going to be a six or seven game series. The biggest thing is who's going to be hosting game seven in that series. All right. It's betonline.ag time now, Justin. And uh, I've already spoke about the injury report for the Rockets. So if you get on betonline.ag, you can check out the line for this Milwaukee-Houston game. I feel like it might be pretty severe. But also on betonline.ag, you can uh, hit up MLB, the rest of the NBA, NHL, UFC, MMA, whatever it is that you're interested in, you're going to be able to find it on betonline.ag. So before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code Locked On for that one. That's BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, so again, we're going to continue to look at the standings over the last week or so here. And you're right, you made a good point going back uh, a little bit earlier. I, I think I did one of my Locked On Live um, post-game videos and I just declared that it was absolutely over. And I think that was after the Houston loss last week and here we are a week later. Of course, everyone's been joking about it. The second that you give up on potentially moving up in the seeds, the Bucks suck you back in and then have a disappointing loss. So we'll see what they do over the last week here. Well, and and real quick, we had talked about it before too, that, you know, we all kind of started to, and we've all given up hope on the one seat for a couple of weeks now, for some of us, even for a month or so, but it's, as we had said, and I forget which game it was, but around a month or so ago, it's those games that you point back at and say, well, this is where the Bucks were basically eliminated from winning the conference with games like that. And we saw them start to bubble up that you could point to at least three in the second half of the season. And certainly the Rockets went as looming as the largest one where right now you're pointing to that game and even a, another one where you say, if if they would have just put the team away and won those games, they're a game back of Philadelphia. I mean, it's certainly not impossible if that's the case, but instead three games and six is it's, it's as close to impossible as it gets. 
Sam Money jumped in the chat and said a two seed means you might play an easier, less rested team in round one. Maybe counts for a bit in addition to home court in round two versus Nets. Uh, as you were just pointing to, Justin, that's one of the the interesting aspects of the way that this is going to play out because generally I never really know how to feel about this because we always talk about the comparison between rest versus carrying momentum through and you always see that in a genuine uh, general uh, playoff series and in fact we saw it a couple of years ago with the Bucks and the Celtics in game one Milwaukee had just absolutely blown the doors off the Pistons in the first round and came out and got stomped in game one and then that you know, evidently was the sort of the wake-up call that they needed. They got on top of the series, win the series in five games. But that's going to be interesting because uh, if you are the two and you take on the team that's been in the play-in seed, you're sitting at home and on one hand, you get the chance to rest, you get the chance to practice a few times, which has hardly been the case all season long. I really uh, fine-tune some of the things you want to work on. But at the same time, the other teams are playing do-or-die games. They're highly uh, switched on and ready to go. So I, I don't know. Again, um, those are just some of the things probably I think about too much as a sports fan in general and, and what rest versus carrying momentum means for these teams. It's, yeah, it's, rest uh, versus rust that we yeah, saw exactly. is, is definitely an issue. But And, and that's the thing where it's, it's going to be, like we said at the top, it's, it's going to be different this year than any other year in recent memory in the East where outside of what happens in that final play in game, whether it's Indiana or Charlotte that somehow make it in as the eighth seed, there's not going to be any layups, even for, you know, two and three out there, and, and even potentially one, unless you get a banged-up Indiana team, I don't know that we're going to see any sweeps in the first round in the East. No, I, I think there's definitely some landmines. We've spoke about that through the course of the season, and Felisa says home court for home court versus the Nets couldn't hurt for sure. And look, I'm looking after my friends. I'm looking after my Bucks fans here. I want you guys to be able to potentially get to a game seven. I won't be there, but I hope as many of you as possible that live in Milwaukee can get there. And Justin, you'll certainly be there. So that's a bonus for you. So if there's going to be a game seven, let's have it at five, seven forum. Uh, one other thing I wanted to mention, and this came up in our DM chat with Frank and Eric and all that crew uh, the other day, we were just talking about the fact that, as you mentioned, it is looking like there's a significant chance you could get Boston or Miami in the first round, which I think in general is like, oh, okay, well, this is pretty tough for the first round. We haven't seen this the last couple of seasons for sure. But to me, I ended up, and I think I've just come around to this conclusion here in, in the last few weeks, like, Bud said this going back a couple of weeks ago, and this is you can put this down to coach talk, you can put this down to whatever you want, but he said, eh, you look at it this year, you're going to have to play well for two months if you want to win the title, let's be honest. There's going to be no gimmies like there has been in years gone by. And to me, I almost feel the confidence boost that this team could get by beating a Miami team would be significant. And it does remind me a little bit of going back to 2019 where Boston had beaten you in the playoffs the year before. You weren't able to win a game at TD Garden in Boston and it did feel like that arena just held some demons for the Bucks. So then you're able to go in there and and look, you know, they went to the conference finals. We know they lost. But I thought that that series in general meant a lot for this team in uh, playing against Boston going forward, playing against Brad Stevens going forward and being able to, to win big games on the road. So, uh, you know, I'm kind of at the point now where Miami's been pretty average all season long. I, I, I think it would be a challenging series. There's no doubt about that. But I don't necessarily think that the Bucks having a tough first-round series would be the worst thing for them because we've seen, as I said, in years gone by, it's been, you know, it's been a cakewalk. It's been a cakewalk. I know they beat the Magic in Game One, but I'm at the point where I'm like, if we, if we land on Miami, fine, play them, beat them, move on. Yeah, and it, it, that that Boston series, it really went back to the the actual series that they lost too, where we heard 
um, all throughout that, especially after game six and in game seven afterwards. And then when we had the exit interviews as well, uh, well, if we can think back that long to how things used to be when we would actually gather at uh, the freighter to training center, um, we had the exit interview the day after. And I remember every single player that we talked with, and that was uh, interim coach Joe Prunty as well. They all said the same thing of they were very confident. And if, we had home court, we would have beaten Boston in this series. That to a man, every single player felt that way. And I think that was certainly a big part of that confidence that you spoke about in the the series the following year, that you kind of, as we all talked about it, it did the Bucks no good other than rest to beat the Pistons the way they did because it was a pretty big shock to the system to go from that to, okay, now we're in it with a much better team. And I'm with you where I think that's going to be helpful to them and really, I guess, to all of these teams that you're going to have tough series, two and three, assuming it's Boston and Miami in no particular order. That's tougher than what we've seen in the past where it's been, you know, the Magic and the Pistons and and teams lower in the Eastern Conference. So it's going to keep you ready, and especially in the the two and three for the Bucs. If you have to go through a tough series with Miami, I'm – I'm with you where I think that's going to be good because it's going to be even tougher against Brooklyn in the second round. And I also, uh, we talked about this on one of the postgame shows the other night. I, um, I really hope I don't regret this, but I had the same thought as you of, you know, I understand what Miami did to the Bucks last year, but that was last year. And these are two very different teams that the Bucks are certainly in a much better spot. And I think if they did nothing other than the Drew Holiday edition, all of us would still still feel much better about that uh, potential series than we did a year ago. So that's been big. We're seeing the secondary guys hit shots, and that also loomed so big in that series where nobody was hitting anything. And just the way that they've experimented with things. So there's a number of reasons to feel much better from the Bucks end for that series, but also – we're going on 70 games of a sample size and you look at the point differential and the net rating and everything else with Miami and they have just been an average team all season long. And yet we're still treating them as if they're the boogeyman just because they essentially swept the bucks in the playoffs last year. And it's been regression from some of their young guys that you expected to take the next step and they just haven't. But again, that loss of Jay Crowder right now is looming very large for Miami that it's, it's just not the same. I understand the reason to be a little cautious and nervous about it, but it is not the same team that the Bucks saw in the bubble last year. And I do think Miami spent a lot of the season trying to add to the roster. I mean, Avery Bradley was a guy that I think they thought was going to be a pretty handy defensive addition for that team. That obviously hasn't worked out. I think they thought that they were going to be in the running to uh, pick up uh, a, a big name player uh, somewhere along the line that hasn't quite worked out. So we'll see what happens with this Miami Heat team in uh, in uh, the a potential first round playoff series. Yeah. Like I said, well, even uh, like the Ola Depot thing where you roll the dice on that and that hasn't worked out. They thought Mo Harkless was going to fill some of that void with Jay Crowder, and that was a disaster. So yeah, it's it's just two teams that are trending in different directions. So Sam Money, and again, we've got about 10 minutes to go here. We're going to roll for another 10 minutes. So if you want to jump in the chat room or you want to ask a question, you can hit uh, to request speaker and you'll come on the show and ask us a question. So don't be shy. Feel free to do that. But Sam Money says, uh, Hero Dragic, uh, Dragic and Jimmy have scarred me beating the Bucks 
would be cathartic. And really, I mean, this is the case across the board. I think all Bucks fans feel better after beating the Celtics in that series. I think that they would feel a lot better if you could beat Toronto in a, in a series as well. And certainly Miami's now in that basket. It feels like that's the case. I will say, if you lost to a Brooklyn Nets team with Harden, uh, Irving and Durant, then perhaps that's a little bit different because that's a, a pretty godly team um, right there. But, you know, we're, we're going to see. I, I'm really excited. Honestly, I, I've said this a number of times, but when I take off the, the the host hat or whatever you want to call it, I've been really pumped up watching these games against Phoenix was awesome. These Nets games were awesome. It felt like playoff basketball is around the corner. So I'm 100% ready to go. I don't need to watch any more games like tomorrow against the Houston Rockets. I, I, I've had enough. I've had enough. It feels like it's been a long regular season. I'm ready to go with postseason basketball. But uh, we have got a question that's come in here. Uh, Biento, he says, should Drew guard Harden or Kyrie primarily? I was thinking Harden, but whoever guards Harden could possibly get in foul trouble. Uh, I think, you know, this is something that's that's clearly going to be a, a big question with the series with Brooklyn, and that's why they're such a challenge. To me, I, I'm still putting Drew on Harden because he is the biggest threat as not only, I mean, you could argue Durant's a, the biggest scoring threat, but Harden as not only a scoring threat, but a facilitator. Like when you see Kyrie Irving with the ball, when you see Durant with the ball, to me, I'm scared that they're going to isolate and get themselves a good shot, which you know that they're going to be able to do. And as we've discussed with Kevin Durant, you can only hope to make their life a little bit difficult. I mean, I think we saw enough during the weekend and I love what PJ Tucker's brought Without him, I don't think that their chances would be as good as they are to beat the Brooklyn Nets. But at the same time, Kevin Durant is going to get a shot up on PJ Tucker. Like he, he, he's not he's not worried about that. He's too big, and there's really hardly anyone that's going to be able to stop him in the league from getting his own shot. But what Harden does is he brings in uh, the guys like Claxton and Jordan as a lob threat. Uh, and he's also his ability to penetrate and then pass the ball out to the perimeter and engage guys like Jeff Green. Joe Harris and the other role players makes him really deadly. So to me, uh, I would go with Drew on uh, James Harden, and then you you figure it out with Kyrie Irving, whether it's uh, – and uh, again, it might not be ideal, but whether it is uh, Dante, whether it is even Giannis or something like that, you, you figure it out in that way. Uh, but I think Drew has to play on, on James. Yeah, I, uh, I'm still kind of torn on it. I think watching those two games and seeing some of those big moments that Drew had against Kyrie – um, played into some recency bias where I think maybe if you thought, well, let's just put him on James before, and then you say, hey, I've never seen anybody strip Kyrie, and Drew did it to him three times in the two games. We should just put Drew on him. Um, I think it's ultimately going to boil down to where do you trust Dante DiVincenzo more? That I think it's it's going to end up being a mixture, just as we saw in those games where – you may just use Drew as the guy that kind of roves. And he starts off on James Harden, and you see Kyrie get cooking, and maybe you move him over there and, and vice versa, that that could be how they use it. But I also, I mean, don't you have to start P.J. Tucker in that series and then just pick your spots with Brooke and wait for some of those substitution patterns for Brooklyn? Um, I mean, it depends. If they start DeAndre Jordan, I would say no. Um, if yeah. they if they go if they go small and start Jeff Green, then yeah, and and I think well, I think I I might have mentioned it on this show last week, maybe when I was rambling on solo, I think, but I, I something along the lines of that I would expect that at some point we'll see PJ Tucker as a 
as a starter at some point because he feels like the obvious playoff adjustment if a team tries to go small on Milwaukee and limit the impact that Brook Lopez has, particularly if he's defending the paint pretty well. And again, there's always going to be criticism that guys can uh, switch on to Brook Lopez or they'll get an outside shot. But I thought his rim protection clearly in the first game against Brooklyn was pretty important. I think he had five blocks there. All right, let's talk about Bilt Bar now. Uh, you know, we are two of the biggest fans of Bilt Bar here, Justin and myself, obviously. You guys know that. It's the best tasting protein bar that's ever been made. Uh, did you know Bilt Bar has nine delicious flavors past the occasional limited time flavor? So you just have to keep an eye out, keep listening to this podcast, jump on the website. You'll be able to keep track of all that, whether it's coconut, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, whatever it is, there is definitely something for everyone and if you haven't tried all the flavors you can get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors which is a, a pretty nice option to go down if you haven't tried built bar before there's, there's 17 grams of protein in each bar only 130 calories only four grams of sugar and only four grams of net carbs so these bars are good for you that's the best thing about it uh, we've got an offer for you before mother's day if you don't know what to get your mum for mother's day most moms I know, including my own, love Built Bar. Send her a box and you'll be sure to be her favorite, at least for a while, until you get her the next box of Built Bars. Go to builtbar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts, including Frank and myself from time to time. So follow Locked On Today on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. I've got a question, Justin. It's coming in from Jeff. Uh, so we're going to bring him in here and uh, hopefully this works okay. Jeff, what do you got? Hey, yeah. Can you guys hear me? Got you. Yeah. Hey, um, yeah, so this one might be a little bit more for Justin, but um, I was kind of wondering what you think the atmosphere in the arena will be like for the playoffs and if it'll be different at all. Um, you know, I've been to a few games and it's, you know, pretty strict on the whole, on, you know, masks and, you know, yeah. standing up and all that. Um, it's actually kind of crazy the difference between going to a Bucks game and going to a Brewers game. It's like there's like a full like the crowd is in the game at the Brewers game, and it's just not like that at all for the Bucks. Um, and you know, I guess if if you're vaccinated, you know, I feel like maybe it might be the mask might not be as necessary. And I think a lot of people are vaccinated. Um, I guess I'm just wondering if you see. Uh, that changing it all should we get like a brooklyn nets playoff series or something like that uh what games were you at you were at some you said yeah i've been to several of them actually um the most crazy experience was the suns game i was at and in that overtime um you know me and my friend were kind of standing up a little bit and cheering and uh they actually booted us kicked us out of the game with like a minute left in overtime so uh (laughs) I mean, maybe I think maybe we were being a little aggressive, but it seemed a little extreme, especially at that time of the game. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I haven't been that excited to go back since then. Um, I don't know. I, I I would assume it's probably going to be pretty similar, but um. yeah, um, I've so I've definitely noticed, and uh, certainly that was one of the games where I've definitely noticed a change in the atmosphere for the better, where it's you could feel 
this feels like a playoff game. And it, you know, when, when we got fans back in the arena, it was so strange at first to go from being in that building where it was empty and you wouldn't see anybody other than people that actually worked there and team personnel. And then all of a sudden, here's a thousand people that that was kind of an adjustment. And then you went through a couple of weeks of that and it was just kind of, okay, this is what it's like. Once it got bumped up again to 18% is when you started to notice more and more people. And certainly the, uh, the difference in opponents have played a huge role in what the atmosphere in the building has been like. But um, just a few that I can remember, I mean, obviously both of the Philadelphia games and both of the Brooklyn games, it, it definitely felt like you could feel the buzz in the building and it started to feel like the playoffs again, even uh, those Boston games as well that they had back in what mid March. So to me, it's, it's been very dependent on what the opponent is in the arena, but for those big moments, you have definitely felt a lot more energy. And I know I've, I've talked with a few people that have said, even watching on TV and, and listening to the broadcast too, that, you could hear it come across, especially in that Nets game. And it certainly matches up with the way that most of us felt there. So I think it's going it's, to, it's certainly going to be like what you experienced in that Suns game going forward in the playoffs. And I, I mean, it, it still seems as though there could be an increase in fans that gets announced real, any day or week now that I, it's not going to be massive and up to 50%. But you know, ideally, I know they would like to be near 25 or 30 or more percent for the postseason. Yeah, I mean, that that definitely sounds like it would be good. Um, I'm definitely hoping for the best. I don't know if you can talk to anyone about that. or <laughs> I, I would assume that's not anything you really have control over. But um, I know you are in the arena a lot. And um, I just thought I'd kind of express what it what kind of the fan perspective has been like. So. And the difference yeah. between the Bucks and the Brewers is a pretty crazy thing to me. But well, um, and also, I mean, uh, the Brewers have the advantage that it's it's larger, that it's yeah. it's more spread out, and it's open air as well. That I mean, I get the frustrations that you you can't sit, and I, and I've seen it too in the section where they have us, where something big happens and you want to stand up because it's it's your natural reaction to stand up and cheer for it, and you're told, hey, you have to please don't stand up again, and and you know the whole masks of just. If you're not used to it and you're being at home throughout this whole pandemic and then you go to a game and you're wearing a mask for three hours, which you're used to wearing it for 20 minutes when you go to a grocery store, it's a lot. And I, I get that. But um, I guess it's it's just what we've all bargained for and we all have to collectively just suck it up and you know do just to have this luxury back, which we weren't afforded a year ago. Well, I'm still here, by the way, and um, Jeff, obviously a, a pretty good question, and I had to remove you because my jealousy was starting to take over because I haven't been able to go to one of these games. But I will say, uh, as you guys sort of pointed to, it does feel like the atmosphere has been on the rise at least a little bit over the previous few weeks. So uh, we're getting close to wrapping this one up here. The one thing I did want to bring up, and the chat's been rolling here, Connor jumps in and says, y'all don't want the season in round one. Now, he might mean y'all don't want the season game one because, yeah, that was a pretty scary team in game one of the 2019 second round. That, 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 I tell you what, that puts some real fear through the box in that one. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, Biento says we would sweep them in all honesty. So uh, he probably... Is uh, not too fearful of the Celtics there, but we'll see. They might get them in the first round. Uh, what have we got here? Let's go to one more question. Uh, Brady says, should we start getting concerned about Tucker's difficulty defending without fouling, or maybe it won't be so bad in more physical playoff basketball? It's really fascinating. I'll tell you that. He, he 
I mean, he fouls. He fouls. He, he the way he defends is very physical. Physical, yeah. and and I, and I think we've seen that in his time here. So yeah, I would say it's a it's a little bit concerning that he seems to be a bit foul happy at the moment, or perhaps the fact that he's getting called for those fouls. It doesn't feel like that was the case as much when he was playing in Houston, but we'll see. Uh, I also would say as far as uh, the early early in the game. Yesterday, I mean, everyone was failing. Let's just hope we don't have Tony Brothers for a playoff game. Can I just say that? Because, because my goodness, uh, like I said, that time of game yesterday was uh, completely outrageous. So we'll see. But no, I don't have any great concerns about that at this point. Uh, we do know that generally in playoffs, they do let a little bit more slide. But I think if you're a Milwaukee sports fan, you probably do have uh, some of that, uh, let's, let's say, paranoia of how you might get officiated in the postseason. Yeah, it, 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 I guess it's just uh, it's a cop out answer, but it's it hinges on who the officiating crew is going to be and how physical they're going to allow you to be. And and I mean the other part is what other options do you have? That if PJ Tucker fouls out, then then PJ Tucker fouls out. But we have to have him out there in those minutes. I guess the bright spot and the thing that I would add for optimism is I don't believe, and, and you mentioned it. it at least from the eye test, it not being a problem in the playoffs the, the last few years with the Rockets, he has never fouled out of a playoff game. So I guess you would hang your head on that, that he's still the defender that he was with the Houston Rockets, and he didn't foul out in any of those games in the series that they played against, again, Kevin Durant, you saw quite a bit in those matchups. So that would be my reason uh, for optimism, that he's done a good job at avoiding the fouls in the past, defending very similar players in the postseason. Uh, we've got Alex has jumped in the chat room with a SoundCloud link. And Alex, let me tell you, if that's not the SoundCloud for the Lockdown Bucks theme intro, then we're not interested. So you're going to have to stop doing that. Uh, as far as this podcast goes, like I said, Bucks and Rockets coming up here tomorrow. We'll see what happens with this game. We'll see who the hell the Rockets actually suit up for this one. But hopefully uh, Milwaukee's going to get back uh, in second. It's been a while. They've been in third for a while. So we'll see what happens there. As always, we thank you all for jumping in on the chat. Uh, it's always been a lot of fun. I know this was a little bit later than what we originally planned, but uh, again, um, we'll be doing these once a week at least, and they're always uh, a lot of fun. So we do appreciate uh, everyone jumping in here. And uh, you guys really decide what we talk about. So I think that that's the best thing about that. Justin, always a pleasure to catch up with you and uh, enjoy the game tomorrow in the arena as we've discussed. Oh. It is. Uh, it, it's going to be quite the uh, shock to the system. I I hope to go from back to back games against the Nets and a tight one against a really good team of late in the Wizards to, as you just said, who knows who we're going to see with the uh, Rockets tomorrow. I would assume all the questionable players are at least going to be active. Otherwise, Houston's forfeiting the game. So, uh, yeah, it, it should be an interesting game tomorrow. We'll say that. I would take a forfeit, by the way. Bucks get the yeah. points, and and they don't have uh, any risk of any injuries. Well, I would take it if it up. means I still get paid for the game. Okay, for Justin's sake, the game must go ahead, all right? <laughs> you must go ahead. Uh, Matt Velasquez, our great friend, uh, used to always remind us that media starts with me. Uh, you got to get paid. you got to eat, Justin. you got to eat. So, all right, fair enough. Let's have this game. Let's have a Bucks win, and we'll be back early next week. Uh, we'll be able to wrap it all up and everything that went over on the weekend. And, of course, there's still some bud stuff to talk about. Uh, some reports that, let's be honest, weren't all that surprising during the week, but we are going to touch on that at some point there. And, again, uh, we'll have more of these Locker Room podcasts coming up as well. So we thank you all for joining us today and having a little bit of fun. Uh, have a good weekend. Enjoy the game. Catch you guys next time.